Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, unfortunately, the Denver Broncos, uh, you know, I don't know how you'd want to put this. On one hand, they couldn't overcome all of the personnel losses that made it to the CV list. On the other, all the usual suspects, all the foibles that we've come to know yes. and hate over the last three years of the Fangio regime reared yes. its ugly head in this one. What's your gut reaction? This is our this is our platform for the emotions to run high. Let's get those hormone hormones out. What was your gut reaction? Well you kind of stole a future tweet from mine just now, Chad, because this game in a single nutshell epitomized everything that's been wrong and will have been wrong with the Fangio era. When it comes to an end, by the way, on January 10th, if not sooner, um Special teams disasters. I, I don't know how Tom McMahon is still employed by Denver. He should be walking home from L.A. sans job right now, but c'est la vie. Uh, you saw the defense kind of wilt when he needed them the most. No pass rush for the most part on Justin Herbert getting gashed against the run. I understand the personnel losses, but it was typical Fangio. His defense never coming up clutch or making a big play. And the quarterback situation, I should call it, playing out once more. I want to make one point real quick, that I want to establish before we get into the meat of our show today. Drew Locke played decently well. I, I know it's going to cause some nuclear warfare. He did not lose the Broncos this game. Hey, but Zach, what, what if I were to tell you he finished with a better QB rating than Justin Herbert? I wouldn't be surprised. If you just watch the game without bias and without blinders on, I think you could see that. Uh, shorthanded, didn't have Jerry Judy, didn't have Tim Patrick. He made something even out of Seth Williams. Big games from Noah Fan and Cortland Sutton. I think Locke played pretty well, but what was a earmark of the Fangio era, much like the Vance era, no production out of offense. You still have two great running backs. What are you doing on fourth and goal calling a Philly special with a banged-up starting quarterback getting the ball? Uh, so it's offensive coordinator miscues and incompetency. Shout out to Fernando. I'm going to use that word many times tonight. You, you saw it all. You saw all of what's been plaguing Vic Fangio during his tenure as Broncos coach. But you've also seen what Fangio has condoned during his tenure as Broncos coach. He's had many chances to replace Tom McMahon. He has not done it. He stood by him, in fact, enabled that. He handpicked Pat Shermer, fired Rich Gangarello. That falls on him. Loyalty was more important to Vic Fangio than accountability, but loyalty in the end, loyalty to Pat Shermer, loyalty to Tom McMahon, and loyalty to Teddy Bridgewater will get Vic Fangio fired. If it wasn't already clear, Chad, it's crystal clear right now. He deserves to go as the Broncos coach and take all his 
little cronies with him. They need massive change, and I think they'll get that in a few days. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. I call it a sea change. I know we're uh, quite a ways from uh, the ocean, but yeah, I mean, you, you took the first step by John Elway falling on the sword, stepping down and hiring a new GM. The wisdom, once again, pardon me, of saddling a first year GM who is hot to trot, great reputation around the league, highly coveted GM prospect, saddling him with a lame duck who had failed to get to 500 in each of his first two seasons. The wisdom of that playing out uh, in living color. Beto says, uh, hey, Zach, I used to be a lock hater. I was wrong. He just happened to grab the crappy end of the stick. With a new OC, I'm convinced Locke would do better. What do you You think? Beto, I want to give you credit. That's big of you. And I'm not going to use this to dunk on uh, like-minded uh, lock critics. He wasn't otherworldly today, just like he wasn't otherworldly last week. But I think you see now a tangible development with Drew Locke from year to year, from what he did last year. Even earlier this year, he's going through his reads. He's making smarter decisions. But more importantly, he's getting the Broncos playmakers the ball, something Teddy Bridgewater was physically incapable of doing. I don't think he's the future. I think you can throw away all the quarterbacks in Denver for the most part, uh, including Brett Rippon, who looked like a backup third-string quarterback with his little limited showing there. Uh, But Locke has something, I think, still in the NFL. Whether it's a backup, whether it's a fringe starter, I think he played decently well given the circumstances. And I'll say for the second week in a row, if we're going to hold the criteria of a successful Broncos quarterback to not losing the game, a Teddy Bridgewater-like game, well, it's two weeks in a row now Drew Locke played a Teddy Bridgewater-like game. So he deserves to be held uh, to the same standard and fairly at that. We have an extremely, pardon me, extremely generous super chat right off the cuff, and she got this in, did the Duchess, before we even hit the old go live button. So, Michaela, thank you so much, my friend. That is just, what a way for us to start off the uh, 2022 year with just, pardon me, I got this frog in my throat. Uh, Thank you. Love you. Appreciate you so much. Hope you had a great uh, holiday season. Hope you had a great New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. I cooked up a uh, prime rib that I'd been storing in the old freezer for about nine months, and it was bomb. Really good. Michaela says, Happy New Year, folks. Shameful performance by the Broncos on a weekend where Coach Dan Reeves passed. Drew Locke played well, I think, though. MHH, <clears throat> FF, <laughs> Fantasy Football Duchess, slash camp, uh, fire our coaches. I don't know what the Dutch, Duchess slash camp. Did you win? Did she win the league? 
I don't know. I haven't I checked. You won if, the league. I, know, you... I know you disconnected in, in, um, you know, when you when you weren't able to kind of turn the corner with your team. But if you won, if you're the champ, Michaela, this is cool. Love you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it could mean champ. That's she, she's saying they're very well deserved. If it is uh, the case, Michaela, and thank you so so much. Hope you had a great New Year. And we all hope 2022 will be better for the Broncos. And I think it will. I think it feels different this time, Chad, because it feels like they're finally going to get what they should have gotten even before Vance, an offensive-minded head coach in the building, a competent quarterback in the building. It's going to make all the difference. They already have playoff caliber talent. And I think all of the factors will come to fruition this coming year. But Michaela, thank you so much. You are the Duchess for a reason, and you are the greatest. And on the topic, real quick, and then we'll grab Alex of Dan Reeves. He deserves a uh, he deserves to be eulogized on the Huddle Up podcast because, you know, he uh, was uh, was kind of remembered as the head coach who couldn't win the big one in Denver. He's kind of akin to Marv Levy as far as recent guys, recent coaches. But he is, uh, you know, before Mike Shanahan came along and accepting Mike Shanahan, he is the most prolific head coach in Denver Broncos history. Got him to three Super Bowls in four years. I mean, the Denver Broncos guys, for what it's worth, were viewed as a uh, one lucky year that captured lightning in an orange crush bottle, 1978. That's how they were viewed as just, oh, they got lucky that time around. Dan Reeves turned the Denver Broncos into a bona fide contender, bona fide force to be reckoned with in the NFL. And you know what? He kind of had some very old school, um, I don't know, troglodyte type offensive predilections Zach but and and he couldn't because of that you know he and Elway were like this for those of you who followed along in Broncos book club when we read Elway a relentless life it catalogs quite well how he and Elway clashed especially that second half of Elway's time with Reeves but nevertheless Zach he should be remembered fondly enshrined in the in the uh, ring of fame in 2014 RIP to Dan Reeves one of the all-time great head coaches in the NFL and, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to his wife, Pam, and, and the Reeves family. Can I just give, like, a big F you to 2021? I mean, they took John Madden, Betty White, Dan Reeves, all in a short period, Demarius Thomas before that. Uh, definitely thoughts and prayers are with the Reeves family. And he was a hell of a coach who doesn't, I think, get the recognition that he deserves in Broncos lore, but that's a whole other discussion for another day. Uh, shame the Broncos didn't come to play for him, though. Like, they supposedly came to play for DT. I think that was more of a factor of playing Detroit, but anyway. Yes, indeed. And, f- and for what it's worth, you know, he's been gone almost three decades, right, from the Mile High City. But uh, but still, you know, he did a lot for this club and, uh, you know, RIP. Alex, love you, buddy. Thank you. Says, Locke needs new scenery. I have a feeling he would thrive under the right offensive coordinator. I do, too. The problem is, is there anyone out there who, in the coaching realm, as far as, you know, candidates the Broncos are going to interview for the job that feel the same way? Look at this. Drew Locke finished 18 of 25, 245 yards in a tutty, did not turn the ball over uh, through the air, 116.2 rating. Justin Herbert, this is why, Zach, I feel like quarterback rating is a BS step, because even though... I'm going to give Drew his props for playing solid and even better, more explosive, some big plays off that right arm today uh, than he did last week. Justin Herbert, to give him a lesser rating, I mean, he was just utterly efficient, big plays in the key moments. Just you can't say that he wasn't as good as Drew Locke today, but that's not to take anything away from Drew. Drew had a really solid day. I think it was he's helping build his case. Now, Zach, he has a very long road to hoe in terms of, 
you know, persuading, selling himself to whoever that next coaching staff is, you know, as far as auditioning, saying, I deserve a shot to be the guy. But he is, uh, he was impressive today. Did he blow me away? No. Was he impressive? Yes. He just, the, the, the Broncos were just hamstrung today, big time, and coaching foibles once again. Well, let me read to you, Chad, because we have some early quotes out of Vic Fangio's presser, and this is what he said about Drew Locke uh, via Andrew Mason of DNVR. I think he had some good throws, made some good reads, but again, we can't seem to find a rhythm and a consistent consistency in our offense to keep drives sustained, make first downs, and eventually get touchdowns. Well, calling Philly specials on fourth and one from the one-yard line would seem to be a detriment to that uh, goal, Chad. It's also like another quote where would that same verbiage apply to Teddy no, Bridgewater if exactly. they had the same game? No, Dude, it wouldn't. That's exactly what I was going to say. There's no way on God's green earth Fangio would utter anything like that on the on the heels of a bitter loss to the Chargers like this where Teddy went 18 of 25 for 245, a touchdown, and 116 quarterback rating. He Wouldn't would laud what Teddy did despite the losses because of CV. Didn't get enough help around him. Right. To, you know, that's what you would have heard. So we can sit here till the cows come home, baby, you know, uh, trying to figure out what it is that uh, so irks Vic Fangio about Drew Locke, but it is what it is. Uh, Tyrannic Goose, that's a newer name. Welcome. I'm so tired of seeing Fangio on the sidelines looking totally lost and confused. Too bad we have to wait an extra week for Black Monday this year. That's right. One year ago tomorrow would, was uh, the last Black Monday. But the new scheduling, the extra game, all that stuff, it is what it is. And then Chris Hernandez, legendary member of our community, legendary superstar, chiming in with a symbolic super chat, as is his want on the gut reactions, Zach, to say, wish I could say I'm yeah. surprised, but alas. Alas, indeed, Zach. This was uh, ugly. And, you know, you mentioned about, real quick, Justin Herbert had a hard time pressuring him. Yeah, Broncos did not register a sack today, dude. Not one. Once again, nothing from Shelby Harris. I saw Draymond had a near sack. Wow, I'll get to, we'll get to that in a second, Vincent. That's amazing. Draymond had a near sack, but nothing but from Shelby Harris. They missed Bradley Chubb and Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning, but you paid Shelby. I was a big proponent of that, Chad. All that money. He really hasn't done anything to warrant that. He's been a big bust uh, in, in terms of uh, pressuring quarterbacks. Uh, but just Vincent, what your your generosity is amazing here. Very. I mean, we are just so blessed. It's I can only take this as bad as today is, right? It's going to usher in something good, right? There's usually a good thing comes out the other end of a bad situation, right? There's a silver lining somewhere at the end of that, and I don't have any doubt that that's going to unfold for your Denver Broncos. But this is a very auspicious start to our 2022, Zach. Such an outpouring of yeah. uh, support from our community. Yep, for sure. Love you. Appreciate you. Who needs sponsors when we have this community? <laughs> Vincent, you the man. Blame not Locke. Blame not Teddy. There is only one to truly blame. That stumbling, bumbling <laughs> oaf, <laughs> Uncle Vic. He is, I love that word. He is the assembler of the poorest, least competent coaching staff in the NFL. And blame me for purchasing season tickets for the last three years and you know what vincent you're not alone i know many season ticket holders who they're like look i know one day we're going to turn it around but like this is getting ridiculous and i'm paying a ridiculous amount of money for season tickets 
Broncos need some aloe for that burn, Chad, from Vincent here. That's that's pretty scathing. And that's something I was saying earlier on Kelberman's Corner at halftime today. If George Payton does, by some weird miracle, decide to bring back Vic Fangio, there's going to be so many empty seats at Empower Field next year. How do you sell Vic Fangio third year in a row, fourth year in a row, excuse me, uh, missing the playoffs? How do you sell that to the fan base? How do you expect to sell merchandise and tickets? You wouldn't do it. So he, at this point, you have to uh, fire Vic because it all starts with him. And to put a bow on that, that's what Ian Rappaport reported today, actually, that there was a path for Fangio to come back for a fourth season, make some changes to fix the offense. I'm thinking to myself, the guy who doesn't watch the offense is going to fix the offense? I, I, so Nothing is going to change until Fangio is gone, removed from the equation. I mean, the fish rots at the head. Is that a common phrase, or am I making that up right now, Chad? But it came to me, and I think it describes Fangio pretty well. And the Broncos' situation, they're only going to improve when they get him out of the building. You can fire Shermer, McMahon, change the quarterback. Nothing is going to change. The same types of results will remain with Fangio in charge. If you continue to do what you've always done, you'll continue to get what you've always got, Katie Joe, 11, another newer name. And this one, Welcome. Zach, from across the pond in Ireland, where uh, I have some uh, familial roots from. Oh, dude, that's cool. From Ireland. She says, would uh, would love to see the end of the Fangio era. ASAP, my only worry is how long will a new head coach last if the owners come in, if new owners come in. Uh, Ireland, Ireland checking in, Zach. Very cool. Love yeah. that, Katie. Appreciate you. Welcome. Uh, connect with us on Twitter, and uh, she said, "Long-time listener, first-time contributor." It means a lot to us. I mean, well, I, any understanding would be a new coach would have at least one year. Obviously, you're not going to fire a rookie coach in his first year. Uh, David Cully uh, proved that in Houston this year. He would get at least two years, but I don't know why Broncos fans are thinking that a new owner is going to come in looking dead set on firing the coaching staff. There is like this cliche out there that owners are typically hands-off and not involved with football and kind of clueless to the sport of football, why would they want to come in and meddle in football operations? Even if you had someone like that, like a Jerry Jones, let's say, who's so hands-on, he would recognize it's a new GM, it's a new tenure, and this GM got to finally pick his new head coach, and that choice has to remain for at least two years. And but what's the what's the standard, though? You know, VJ got however many years, Vic got however many years. That's how I think the next head coach should be judged on. It should all be fair. Katie, again, thank you very much. And also thanks for uh, making your presence felt and contributing to the conversation. That's just as important as anything else. Uh, Shul, you're jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. Happy New Year and Happy New Year to you. David uh, Davis Mills would have won that game. Is there a chance we keep Kendall Hinton? He plays hard and has had some key plays this season. Yeah, there's a chance he's kept, but he's he's very much a jag as far as NFL league is, you know, the NFL caliber wideouts are concerned is a valuable guy to have that you can maybe pull up from the squad, you know, and in, in uh, tight situations, yeah. Is he a guy you want to hang your hat on as, you know, wide receiver 5? You know, you could do worse. I I'm not trying to sell the kid short. I think he's got some upside, but he's uh He's mostly a jag. <laughs> I mean, all he does is complete passes, though, when he comes into a game, even for one yard. He, he's a good, <laughs> he's a good, I guess, teammate to have. He's, he's a good, like, I agree with you, a good wide receiver four, wide receiver five, emergency wide receiver quarterback, uh, do-it-all handyman, whatever. But Seth Williams actually made an impression on me with him high-pointing that 
uh, deep ball from Drew Locke. Made a nice catch, and another rookie for the Broncos contributing. You also saw a contribution today, kind of an aside, from Marquis Spencer. George Payton's first draft class was something else. What a home run uh, he hit in year one. Yes, indeed. Uh, Robert Audison jumping in. Thank you for that super chat, my friend. Hi from Nevada. Can you imagine if this quarterback played all season long instead of setting on his sitting on his backside for 14 games? Hashtag fire Fangio. I know. And that's what's frustrating is, again, we, we've, we've attacked this issue from many different angles. But when we've been asked, hey, what would this team's record be if they would have gone with Drew to, to start uh, versus Teddy? Um, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you with any kind of certainty. But my gut feeling is no worse than what they are now. And probably there's one of the one or two of those losses that they had where Teddy's arm just couldn't get her done that you might have had a chance with Drew. Some of the closer losses, which most of Denver's losses this year have been by multiple point margins, but nevertheless. Well, I still hold that the Broncos did not win one game solely because of Teddy Bridgewater, but they might have lost a game because of him, the Philadelphia game. And I think if Drew Locke is in there, he would chase down uh, the, the ball returner on that play, Chad. And they wouldn't allow a fumble return touchdown. And you never know how the game could have changed beyond that. So I agree with you. If they would have started Locke for a full 17 games, 18 weeks, you would have had mostly the same record. If not maybe an additional win or two, you're still sitting in the playoff picture. And at least you found out once and for all what your second round investment at quarterback could be versus already knowing what you had in Teddy Bridgewater. That's the thing that still just frustrates the heck out of me is you walked the desert, man. You paid the price. You made the sacrifices. You suffered for your, your quarterback to get the reps. And then just when you're about to turn the corner and potentially reap the rewards on that, you bounce off. And DWI, Ethan in the house. What's Thank up, you. bro? Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Uh, your Patrick Sertan, was it Sertan? I think it was Sertan jersey, is in the wind. It's on its way to me. All right. We had to redo it a different way. It's on its way to me. And then when I get it, I'm going to take it down to FedEx and ship it myself to you because it was impossible for us, whether through Amazon or any of the NFL merchandising sites to drop ship it straight to you. So this is the only way it's a little bit longer getting you your jersey, my friend, but it'll be worth it in the end. Appreciate you. He says, no need to wait for Black Monday. Get rid of the trash now. Could that game be any more predictable? I feel you. I feel you. Zach, you uh, you took a chance, right, on this one, in the in the roundtable. No, or I predict- misremembering. No, that? I predicted a Broncos loss. Okay. I literally changed my mind mid sentence when I was typing out my prediction chat. I said it seems like the the Broncos and Drew Locke have previous success against Los Angeles. It could be a game the Broncos win. I don't know. I felt good about it for a second. Then I realized, you know what? I don't see it anymore with this team. I think it's only a matter of time before Black Monday. It's an inevitability. There's going to be major house cleaning changes, and uh, what small miracle there existed for a playoff berth just wasn't happening. So, no, I, I predicted a Broncos loss. I'm not exactly happy about that. You know, I want to predict a Broncos win and they actually win. That'd be nice. Um, real quick here, we got one from Eric, another newer name. Welcome. Thank you, my friend. Fire the staff and let the vets coach the last one. Yeah, I mean, I think kind of the approach for George Payton at this point is letting Vic continue to kind of dig his own grave and and hand and build the case against himself. There's no need to fire him right now. I mean, what you're one week away from the putting this uh, particular horse out of its misery. So just let Vic continue digging that hole. I mean, Vic Fangio 
take everything else away today as far as the offense and defense. Vic Fangio's stubborn, um, bullheaded resistance to not doing anything on the Tom McMahon front, not showing any accountability on that side of things. Uh, the kick returner, the punt returner, uh, Deontay Spencer, no accountability there. Jumped up and bit you in the butt, cost you big time. This is how, and this is a direct result. You say, well, it wasn't Vic that muffed that, and it wasn't Tom McMahon that muffed that fumble. No, but it's a that. pattern of no accountability. The only person that ever is accountable to Vic Fangio is Drew Locke. That's it, period. Everyone else, it seems, has, you know, um, they got him made in the shade. And so for George Payton, Zach, I'm kind of rambling here, but to bring it back home, why fire him now? Let him continue to dig his hole. And when you got to make stand up in front of that uh, podium on next Monday morning, not tomorrow, but the next, and say, yeah, it was tough, love Vic, great guy, great coach, but just wasn't working out here. You can do it with zero PR blowback, zero blowback within the league in terms of how you be viewed internally. That's why they're waiting. I think, if anything, George Payton owes Broncos country a chance to boo Vic Fangio one final time in person at Empower Field next week against Kansas City. I think that's the right thing to do, kind of like a a human pinata chat verbally. That's what the Vic Fangio experience should end on that kind of note. But did anyone notice in the broadcast today, uh, John Elway... (laughs) He was shown two times. The first time, he wasn't even watching the game. The second time, he looked so just completely done. Like, all he wanted was to get to retirement and want nothing to do with the travel and the sitting in the boxes and watching this offense. He looked so checked out. I think that's the state of the Broncos right now. And the only way for Peyton to change that is to shake it up himself and fire Vic Fangio and get rid of some of the coaches and uh, clean house in Dove Valley. Nunzi. What's going on? Nunzi been with uh, the MHH family for a long time. In fact, been contributing to the conversations, listening to podcasts, reading the articles, following on social for longer than we've been doing these live streams. So you're uh, very important to us, Nunzi, and thank you for that very, very, very generous super chat. He says, Fangio has to go. Sure as hell better be an offensive-minded coach as well. Yeah, I mean – Guys, we sit up here and hammer on Pat Shermer week in and week out, and it's obviously justified, but today I tweeted after the uh, botched Philly special, Pat Shermer, out of ideas. Imagine even Drew Locke with uh, what foibles, Zach, and shortcomings we know he has, all right? Imagine him with an even semi-competent offensive coordinator. Imagine him with Sean McVay. Imagine him... You know, Sean pick Payton, the, pick the guy. I can promise you, Kyle Shanahan. I can promise you. So maybe O'Connell, right? There's here's a guy to think about. Kevin O'Connell, the coordinator under McVeigh in LA right now. Is it Kevin O'Connell? Anyway, I know yeah. his last name's O'Connell. Uh, that's a guy because look what uh, Zach Taylor's doing. I mean, yes, freaking Joe Legit. Burrow's thrown for a thousand yards plus over the last two games, just knocked off the Chiefs. Uh, maybe maybe it is about that tree from uh, McVeigh. I mean, O'Connell's a good choice. I- I'm big on Nathaniel Hackett right now. I think he has everything that you're looking for uh, in your next head coach. 
you would think that Peyton would go for an offensive mind, but there are the rumors out there that right now number one on his list is Dan Quinn, the DC from Dallas. So we'll have to see how that plays out. To your point, though, about Drew Locke and different coaching systems, you know, I was talking to Scott before the podcast about the Falcons and how they're performing above expectation despite having a roster half as talented, if that, of the Broncos. All that's going on with them. You put Drew Locke under Arthur Smith right now in Atlanta, I bet he's playing at a much higher level. All he needs is more than Pat Shermer, which is literally every other coach in the NFL. Not, you don't have to be a Locke fanboy. You don't have to be a pro or supporter of Drew Locke. That's just simple facts. Give him an opportunity in an offense that wasn't first crafted in the 19th century and see what he can do. Stone was there. Of course Stone was there. South Bay guy, Manhattan Beach, right? My first NFL game live, pretty hard to watch. Man, that's a, that's a crappy way to uh, kick it off. But, hey, you were there. That's great. That's great, bro. When we uh, hold the next MHH meet and greet, you ought to hop on an airplane or jump in a car. One of these days, Zach, maybe, uh, I don't know, actually, now that I think about it, how conducive that would be, but how wise that would be to do an away game, maybe in Vegas, I don't know, uh, meet and greet. But we're going to be doing more home game meet and greets next year. We kind of wanted to scratch the surface this year and kind of figure out logistically how it would work. Uh, And I think it was so successful for us. And we got to meet so many of you. And so many of you traveled from literally across the Fruited Plain crossing uh, national borders to come hang out with us and, of course, watch the Broncos, too, that we're going to be doing that on the reg moving forward. Charlie, thank you for that uh, support. The stars, my friend. Colby as well. He says, I went to the Avalanche game. Didn't see what happened. Guess I didn't miss much. Nah, it was just more of the same, big dog. More of the same. You can catch the highlights. Um, George Fox says, as we've said, this should mean the end of the coaching team Denver Broncos for life. Thanks, Chad and Zach. Yeah, guys, it's just one more week, and it's aggravating. But one more week. You've waited this long. One more week, and it's fate accompli. This is now guaranteed to be third consecutive losing season under Vic Fangio. Nobody, nobody survives that, as Daniel Diaz here says. Thank you, by the way, Daniel. Another newer name says Fangio has to go. What are your thoughts on a new coach? Uh well, there's a few guys we like. We mentioned some just a few minutes ago, but the Packers offensive coordinator, Rams offensive coordinator. Um, we like Brian Dayball. Or I'll speak for myself here, Zach. I like Brian Dayball. I like I Kellen Moore. Agree. There's nobody that's a defensive-minded guy that I like more than any of the names I just mentioned. As far as retreads yeah. out there, you know, there's Doug Peterson. Like if George Payton wants someone he feels like he can trust in terms of been there, done that. Peterson's the guy that would make the most sense to me, but I don't think you need to trend that direction. I mean, ask the Cincinnati Bengals. They took a big chance on a guy that was basically a career quarterbacks coach, Zach Taylor. And yeah, you know, he was, he kind of gifted himself, I guess, Zach, the number one pick, which landed him Joe Burrow because he did coach that first year without Joe Burrow, right? He coached 2019. He was part of that same coaching uh, carousel cycle as Vic Fangio coached the Bengals, Zach, into the number one pick. And you're going, man, this dude is uh, not looking like a chip off the old McVeigh block. Then they get Burrow. It's looking like made in the shade. And then Burrow tears his ACL and they have to weather a, another brutal season. But finally, they keep him healthy. Everything comes together. Zach Taylor's looking like the next Sean McVeigh right now. So 
Look at someone on his staff, maybe. But I digress. He deserves coach of the year consideration. And I think Brian Callahan on his staff is the guy that everyone is, uh, DWI coming in big right now, uh, that would be the guy that you want to pluck from there. I think he deserves coach of the year consideration, honestly. What he's doing in Cincinnati, they're legit knocking off Kansas City the way they did. You talk about Burrow, they do have Chase, but you know Tyler Boyd, and they do have Higgins, but their O-line is still kind of suspect, their defense is still kind of suspect, but they're finding ways to win. He's a natural leader of men, unlike Vic Fangio. Uh, he gets the team pumped up and, and, and playing every single Sunday. You don't see him standing like this on the sideline. He knows when to challenge plays, when to call timeouts. He's actually a full-bodied head coach that pays attention to all sides of the ball. How refreshing is that? So I don't want to say anyone but Fangio, but maybe mine is Dan Quinn and Peterson for me. Anyone but Fangio. Here is Colton Parkinson, another newer name. Maybe you popped in once or twice in the past, but welcome, my friend. Thank you for that. Do you think there's a chance we keep Drew Locke and then group him with a Kellen Moore or Nathaniel Hackett? Mm-hmm. It's clear the coaches are crushing the offense. Is there a chance? Yes. Is it probable? I wouldn't. Well, let's think about this just for a second. All right. You said today during Kelberman's corner that you're, you're starting to really wonder if Aaron Rodgers might be planning on hanging it up after this year. Yep. Add to that Ian Rappaport saying, the Packers believe their relationship with Aaron has really improved. There's a really good chance, guys. I mean, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady willed himself out of New England, basically, right? Peyton Manning, to me, is the only real, like, free agent fish, uh, free agent franchise quarterback. You know, that's something um, – it's, it's a cliche that's true. There's no such thing as a free agent franchise quarterback, right? They don't leave their original teams. Peyton Manning was kind of the exception to that. The one exception that proved the rule, Tom Brady, you can throw into, but that was a little bit different. Peyton was straight cut, but I'm rambling a little bit here. Aaron Rodgers, what are the, I mean, we can get our hopes up. We can get, you know, we can dream and all that, but it would really be an upset if he ultimately left Green Bay, right? So then you think, all right, Russell Wilson, all the same things apply on that side of the coin, right? Why would a team when, Squads across the league, half the league right now, just scrambling, clawing, trying to find a franchise guy. Seattle's got one. Why would you let him go? Fire your coaching staff long before you ever let a franchise quarterback walk out the door, especially one that's still kind of halfway through his career. You just don't do that. So my point being here, and then we'll talk about Dan Reeves in this very generous super chat, Zach, is there's a better chance than you might think that whatever that new coach that comes in, Whoever he is, Zach, he might have to make some hay with Drew Locke. And or it's either that or where do we fall in the draft? We have the capital to move up and get a guy that we love. Do we love a guy that's worth packaging some picks? Because, you know, I guess it depends on how they finish. They could end up top 10 still, but that's kind of where things stand. Don't completely rule out Locke coming back. Speaking of players leaving their teams, though, did you happen to see Antonio Brown, what he did today? Weirdo. I I mean, fair to say the human embodiment of CTE. What is he doing out there? It's, yeah. it's I've never seen that in all my years. That's wild. His career in Tampa Bay is supposedly over. I'd be surprised if he ever played again. But in terms of A-Rod... The thing that jumped out to me, he had an interview last week with uh, ESPN beat reporter, and he used the phrase, I don't want to be a bum. And that says to me that he doesn't want to tarnish his career, kind of like what Adrian Peterson is doing right now. You're already a Hall of Famer. You're a legendary player. Don't try to hang on 
after it's over. You know, know when to walk away like Peyton did. And I wrote earlier uh, this week in an article about Rodgers that it's more likely he follows the Manning path riding off in the sunset than he's likelier to follow Manning into the Mile High City. Maybe back-to-back MVP or likely back-to-back MVP. He might lead him to a Super Bowl and win another one for his resume. At that point, 38 years old, you're the toast of the town forever. You never have to uh, buy a drink in that town ever again. Why would you want to come to a different team, a possibly rebuilding team, new environment, new head coach, new system, new this and that, new players, and not walk away at the very top? That's how I feel it's trending right now. Obviously, things can change, but... That's the vibe I get. Ethan, with a uh, just blow the what what few hairs I have remaining on this 42-year-old pate of mine right off. So thank you, bro. Seriously, I don't know what else to say. That's just, yeah, thank you're you. the man. Thank you, buddy. He says, combined head coaching record for Dan Reeves. So let's see. In Denver, he was 110 and 73 and one that's a 600 mark in 12 seasons as head coach um does it show in this press release 190 165 and two let's see 23 seasons as a head coach his yes his record right here 190 165 and two but so many things about him um i mean his the distinctions that he holds as a head coach, are quite phenomenal. I mean, he's amongst a very elite and small list of head coaches to go to four more Super Bowls and also to coach more than one team to a Super Bowl berth. I mean, Dan Reeves doesn't get enough credit, and it's because he didn't win the big one. Um, and just the poetic, I guess, injustice for him, right, of finally gets back to the big dance, here's our chance, I mean, they got lucky. They shouldn't have been in the Super Bowl. They should not have beat Minnesota Vikings that year. That that was that was all about uh, the Randall Cunningham Vikings. That was a surprise that the Falcons made it. But Reeves is a big reason it was the Falcons that upset the Vikings in that title game. Randy Moss, young Randy Moss, Chris Carter, that whole just juggernaut offense. But Dan Reeves got there, and who did he have to face? None other than the defending champion, defending world champ Denver Broncos, and then, of course, they get trucked. Uh, no one was beat. No one was knocking the Broncos off that horse in uh, the 98-99 season. But, yeah, RIP Dan Reeves. Seriously, he's the head coach of my youth. When I started having awareness of the Broncos and watching the games and all that stuff, he was my coach. And so I got mad love for for Dan Reeves. Uh, first of all, DWI, thank you so much. And I just want to say, kind of tacking on to that, football was so much fun back then. Earlier today, even, I stumbled upon a YouTube video, just random aside. Randy Moss's first year, his rookie year, he played Dallas. I think it was on Thanksgiving. Every catch he had was a touchdown. We forget how good some of these players were when you watch them again. It's just, it's it's crazy. So it was a good time for football back then. And it didn't matter who was throwing that rock up to Randy Moss. But yeah, that, that I, did they make a missing, remember they did, uh, there's America's game, right, for the world champion each year, the NFL Films does on NFL Network. And then they had that series called The Missing Rings. I know they did a Missing Rings on the Fran Tarkenton era Minnesota Vikings who went to four Super Bowls and lost. But if they didn't, they should have done one as well as that that 98 Minnesota Vikings team because that team Loaded. was legit. Uh, Josiah, what's good, big dog? And the 2013 Broncos should be a Missing Ring candidate if they continue were to continue making those. Josiah says, more of the same. I'm just waiting for Black Monday, by the way. 
Love the pod. I watch daily. Thanks, guys. Thank Seriously, you. thank you. We love messages like that, especially if it comes with a little super chat love. Thank you, big dog. Uh, Miguel, love you, buddy. What's, he says, what's up, fellas? I'm so annoyed with the coaching staff. Keep the cuffs on, and sure enough, can't put up six. Take them off, get six to fam. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. It's so frustrating. And you put yourself in George Payton's shoes. Again, it's about let him continue to dig his the hole. And I'm going to have a bulletproof case. Like imagine he's a prosecutor, right? Trying to take down that crime Lord or whatever. And you got him on a wiretap. You're like, I'm just going to let him, I'll, I'm going to charge him when the time is right for now. I'm going to let him continue digging his grave. That's what's happening. I think it's encouraging. If anything, that it just proves if you have a, a quarterback that has the arm to do it. And if you have the play call that allows it to happen, Cortland Sutton and Noah fan can find success. They're really good football players. And so is Jerry Judy. And so does Tim Patrick. And when they have a new quarterback next year, new head coach next year, new offensive play caller next year, things are going to look so much different. So it made me a little more optimistic. The running game, that's a different story because I feel like they've kind of trailed off Melvin and Javante. Some could do with Drew Locke being in there, but uh, the weapons they have that have been ignored for far too long came out to play today, and I like seeing that. DeAngelis, appreciate you, buddy. He says, I can't wait for Black Monday. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be here before you know it, and in between now and then, you're going to have your football priest to help you get through it, all right? Including on Black Monday. We get that, too. It's going to be fun. And then think about this, guys, the whirlwind it's going to be. You know, Zach and I uh, have been teamed up long enough to go, have, have gone through a few different coaching searches together, and it's a lot of fun. It's going to be fun. You know, uh, the rumors, the candidates, once a guy's hired, like, who is this guy? Breaking him down for you guys. It's going to be a guess. Uh, Dallin says, it's funny that the broadcast in the game was talking like Vic was a defensive coordinator more than as a head coach. It's because that's – that's that's the book on Big Now. That's what right? he is. There, there's no getting around that. At least Wade Phillips, man. When he stood up here at, at the podium, when he was first introduced as defense coordinator under Gary Kubiak, who, by the way, the Broncos were trying to make that a Kubiak-Vance Joseph pairing, but Cincinnati blocked him from a from a promotion. That's how freaking petty Cincinnati's ownership is. Mike Brown, what a cheap, one of the worst uh, owners in this league. But anyway, Wade gets up there, Zach, when he's finally introduced as plan B. Thank goodness it worked out that way. Uh, and said, look, you know, hey, I'm a lousy head coach, but I know what I'm doing as a coordinator. And it's sad but true. The same applies for Vic Fangio. Yeah, shout out Wade Phillips. He now follows me on Twitter, so that's a little accomplishment in my life. I hope you're watching, Wade. I would take you 10 out of 10 times over Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator, not as a head coach. But that's what Vic is, what he's shown to be, just that ADC. And you know what? I'm going to say it once more. Not even a mastermind at defense. Not even this guru that people make him out to be and he himself makes him out to be. He's very, very good. I would not say overly excellent. How about that? Uh, Plum Bob, what's up, buddy? Only good thing I can say about this game is PS2 is locked down. Snubbed from the Pro Bowl. Should have made it. Still a chance he'll end up in the Pro Bowl, and he'll be able to put that on his resume, but uh, definitely a snub. He he's looking. He just reminds me so much of Champ Bailey. And, you know, Champ Bailey, he really hit his stride. Literally, the year he came to Denver was kind of like his – Reaching that pinnacle, uh, 2004 and five. I mean, his 2005 season. Anyway, I'm going on here about Champ Bailey, but still, 
Patrick Sertan. If you go back and just kind of look, you're, you're going to have a hard time finding tape of Champ Bailey from that from his Washington days. But if you go back and just look at his stats from his time in Washington before the trade to Denver, a lot of parallels between he and, and uh, Patrick Sertan. So really, really intriguing start to his career. Lucas says Fangio needs to find his inner Antonio Brown and peace out, right? Deuces. I don't want to see Fangio take a shirt off, though, so he can skip that part. <laughs> good <laughs> uh, that's, Lord. That, that's all good. Uh, oh, in term- man. My mind just imagined it, and now yeah. I'm scarred for life. You can't unthink that now. Sorry, Chad, and the audience out there. But uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> I Fangio. forgot now. Before I that. That's all good. Utter that's- disappointment. Yeah. As usual. By the way, we have with us right <laughs> Thanks, now, man. Zach, the winner, winner, chicken dinner of the December drawing for the super chat superstars. Naj, you finished in the top five, five names went into a hat. We pull one out randomly. Was your name, big doc. You won Broncos Jersey of your choosing. So when this podcast is over, shoot us an email, mile high huddle at Gmail. Tell us what Jersey you want. Just know this. Okay. Demarius Thomas Jersey. Hard to get. I can't find him anywhere. Uh, we, we gave one away to a uh, diamond rattler one, one, right. Can't find one anywhere without paying like a right, right now. It, it'll start coming down now that Christmas is over, but it w- was costing on the NFL shops, $130, uh, to do a custom name Jersey. I know this because we did one for, um, Christy who won one a couple months prior, 130 bucks or whatever. Um, they jacked that up because of the holidays to 400 bucks basically. And so it, if you want Demarius Thomas, fine. Just know that it's probably going to be a, a little bit of a wait until, you know, things come down a little bit. Uh, there's no Demarius Thomas jerseys in stock anywhere. Search. You won't find one unless it's from some sketchy overseas outfit that you don't want to necessarily tango with. So, anyway, Naj, send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail. Congrats. We'll uh, get your jersey and remind us of your size. There. And sometimes people order different size. We know what your T-shirt size is from merch you've ordered. But sometimes people order different sizes if it's a jersey. So he says to me, the Broncos have lost the winning culture. You ain't a kidding. They're a defeated team that lacks belief and accountability, especially in adverse conditions. More than a quarterback, the Broncos need leaders to get the culture back to what it was. Yep. And right now where you are uh, sans that bona fide franchise quarterback, who's often the guy that kind of that's the starting point for that what you're talking about here Naj if you don't have that and you're still kind of young and your leaders are still on the on the on the rise so to speak it needs to come from a competent head coach to establish that culture and you don't have one man Vic Fangio just sends yeah that same thing Zach uh you wrote the article up today from uh Rappaport about Vic Fangio and all that stuff and that he's loved by player respected by players and everyone in the building what was that about? I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe that. Sounds like Fangio told Rappaport himself, listen, I'm very well respected in the building and I'm very much well liked. Najah, I agree with you. But it's sad. Like, where do you – we've talked about this throughout the season. Where do you get your inspiration from if you're just a random Broncos player? Your head coach stands there like this. Your offensive coordinator looks dazed 
half the time up there in the booth. Your your DC is not even around, it seems like. He's just a figurehead. And your special teams guy is Tom McMahon. And your quarterback is Teddy, who's the most passive quarterback that has ever existed. So it's true. They need a shakeup. They need some energy. They need some life and new blood in Dove Valley. And that's why I'm saying, until Fangio is removed from that equation, nothing's going to change. Before we get to this, I, f- I remember what I was going to say before we started talking about shirtless Vic Fangio, <laughs> about Patrick Sertan, about being like Champ Bailey. I love what he brings in coverage. He needs to kind of fine-tune his tackling a little bit, pull his shoulder down a little more. I saw for the at least the second time this year him kind of shying away. I don't want to say quitting a la Teddy Bridgewater, but I want him to be a little more physical at the point of contact. And that surprises me because you read his scouting reports and you watch what he did at Alabama. He was a very physical, unafraid-to-tackle guy. Uh, he finished, though, with six tackles today, uh, four of them solo. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what some of his metrics are on passes defensed, uh, you know, completions relinquished. He had that nice breakup in the end zone. I mean, that was that was phenomenal. And Jonas, though, baller oh, game once dude, more. This kid, 12 freaking tackles. Now, less than half were solo, but this dude is a whirling dervish and props to Kaiser. But you know what? Half of those tackles between the two of them, Zach, were on dump offs to the running back. I mean, Broncos figured out or pardon me, the Chargers figured out how to get the Broncos, how to cook cook, cook that goose, all right? And it was simply dump it off, dump it off, dump it off. And those running backs, especially Eckler, man, they just didn't have an answer for him. And Griffith, though, I think he had 13 tackles and two solos last week. He's, the Broncos at least found something, and that's bad news. Just like Baron Browning, just like Kenny Young, it's bad news for Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson, two impending free agents. So uh, at least there was something there. While we're pulling up the box score, talking about the game real quick, what is with the arm tackling, especially from Kareem Jackson? Uh, Again, he's sometimes more of a liability than he gets, I guess, credit for. I know he's a fan favorite, but uh, if you watched, he missed a few tackles today. So did Justin Simmons on that 40-yard catch and run that Vic challenged inexplicably. I mean, come on, dude. Trolling us at this point. Exactly. That's what it feels like. Christopher Gaspari, north of the 49th parallel, proving Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. Appreciate that. Very, very generous. Very generous super chat tonight. Man, our our community, our superstars are going off the chain. Chris says, what's up, football priests? Glad to finally see the nail in Vic's coffin. Looking forward to the offseason with you guys. And all the new surprises from Peyton, hashtag state of being, MHH for life. Seriously, dude, hats off to you, Chris. Thank you very much. Keeping the lights on here. Um, Love you. And it is going to be fun and surprising. And that's what we were talking about, or what you mentioned earlier, Chad. This is going to be my third Broncos coaching search, my fourth overall since I started covering the Cowboys as well. Zero playoff games or victories, four coaching searches, but there's a lot of fun in that. Not just the firings, but the rumors, the interviews, who the net head coach assembles for his staff. It's going to be a a wild time the last next couple months, and that leads right up to the combine, and then we have free agency, and then the draft. It's going to be a crazy year. Can't wait. Well, and not only that, and then, by the way, we're at 49 minutes, and we're about 30 minutes behind on our great Super Chat superstars that have been waiting patiently. So from here on out, we got a really rapid fire. But one thing I want to say to piggyback on your, your point there, Zach, is, you know, we you're looking at the two guys who are responsible at MHH for covering the daily news and to kind of put wrap your brain around that. All right. We're talking four to six news articles a day. 
And when your eye is on, and then plus the podcast four out of seven nights a week, right? So when your focus is on that, and then on my part doing copy editing, things like that, neither one of us with everything we juggle have time to go sit down and break down draft prospects. As much as we both love watching those prospects and learning everything there is to know about them and getting a beat on where guys are going to fall. That's why we have the great staff that we do from Eric Trickle to Nick Kendall to Carl Dummler to Luke Patterson to Lance Sanderson. Uh, Scott's going to be at the Senior Bowl this year. It's going to be phenomenal. We're going to have true experts for you, breaking down the draft class. Zach and I are going to be here to go through all the rumors from the coaching search to trades to free agency to draft. It's going to be a guess. Full team effort at MHH as per usual. All right, Can from we? here, Zach, we got to yeah. rapid fire. Clayto, what's up, big dog? George has hammered home that we are still in the playoffs as his excuse for keeping Fangio. If we don't fire him tomorrow, what will his excuse be then? Uh, he won't He won't offer us an excuse. He doesn't need to. Again, it's about digging the – let Fangio continue to kind of build his own case against him. And then when the rubber meets the road at season's end, he's going to be handed his walking papers, and George will have, you know, com- best way to say it is like clean conscience. Yeah, like plausible deniability. I gave him all the rope he needs to hang himself, and he hung himself, I mean, point blank, period. And the thing about the Kansas City game in Week 18, weird to still say, they lost today. They're going to be playing for their postseason lives if they can still advance or get the one seed or whatever. I don't know the playoff picture right now, but it's not going to be a layup game for the Broncos facing Kansas City's backups. It no. could be a game where they get blown out once more. So uh, just one more week. Hang in there. Mike Reno, this whole game proves the sham Pardon me. The shame that is Fangio and company. Shame, sham. Hey, you had we're right on the same time. page. Uh, and company, not the players. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos are not some bulletproof juggernaut of a roster, but there is so much talent on this squad that has been utterly squandered and wasted, especially since Pat Shermer joined Vic Fangio at Dove Valley. I think it was on KK earlier today, or my, my memory is going at my old age, I said that you put Derek Carr on the Broncos. Even this year's Broncos team, they win 11 games. The quarterbacking and the and the coaching, the coordinating, has held this team back from at least three victories. So that's the difference. And once they have that in the building next year, you're going to see much different results on the scoreboard. Faded Wolf, the announcer, even made a comment about the excitement from Fangio after the field goal. All he did was uncross his arms. Hilarious. Locke played well. Hashtag MHH for life. Thank you, buddy. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to – it's kind of not as bad as last week, but I don't want to go too overboard on Drew because that first half was just, you know, you got to execute in the key moments. That's been the biggest thing is Drew's played a much more efficient brand of football these two weeks that he's started. All right, but my one gripe for Drew – and you guys know that if you're talking media, you're looking at two of the biggest Drew proponents, all right, in the market. If I have a gripe about Drew the last two weeks, it's simply this. You got to save your best plays for the key moments, third down, fourth down, red zone, et cetera. And, you know, that's something he's got to – it cost him today in terms of not only being having a chance to be in this game and win, but really padding those numbers even more. Yeah, again, he wasn't an all-star today. He didn't obviously win the game for the Broncos. There were better throws he could have made. He had two near interceptions, if we're being honest. I think Derwin James had both of them even. But 
He went through his progressions. He checked it down where necessary, hit on deep balls. He even scrambled and picked up a first down. He always put his shoulder in there, and this is after the injury, by the way. He impressed me. If I was just a casual fan, if I knew nothing of the Broncos or Drew Locke, my first football game, I'd be impressed by his grittiness, by his gutsiness. Even after the injury, coming back, attempting a deep ball, willing himself back in the game. He could have easily sat on the sideline and let Brett Rippon take the hits, but he didn't do that. And then putting his shoulder down, getting the first down, and then catching the ball and almost scoring on the Philly special near the goal line. So he wasn't anything spectacular, and he's not the future in Denver, but there's some there there, and he keeps showing that every single week. You know, one thing I trust that George Payton said, I mean, I trust a lot of what he said, but everything you have to filter somewhat through GM speak. And one of the things... He said that always stood out to me when asked about Drew from when he first got to Denver was he's got all the tools that you look for. And I think these last two games have shown that, right? Yeah, he has all the tools. They're just still in a very raw form. They're not as put together as you'd like to see, uh, polished, what, you know, come up with the word that you're looking for. And there's an argument to be made. There's a, there's a conversation to be had behind closed doors at Dove Valley on whether or not there's a coach out there that could, actually polish that that gem you know turn it from a it's like a stone rolling down a hill at the very beginning it's got all these rough edges right and then the more it comes into contact with opposition and pediments breaks down off those those rough edges and it turns into a smooth stone rolling down the hill by the time it gets to the bottom and drew's still got those rough edges and he needs a coach that can help him smooth those things out michaela yes i am the champ congrats nice nice you've, you've got you've got a you've got a little uh winner's care package coming your way she says, I rode the St. Jamar coattail. Beast. Hashtag, any news on the ownership front? Ooh. None that I've heard lately. No, but I want to talk about Jamar Chase. The guy is just inc- – what a wide receiver draft class. Everyone talks about last year's, but this year's uh, with Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase and you have other players like Elijah Moore and, and Rondell Moore out in Arizona. What a draft class, but Jamar, man, you throw it up and he'll get it. We talked about Randy Moss earlier and just like – embarrassing defensive backs. That's what Jamar Chase is doing as a rookie, just to like the premier uh, coverage men in the NFL beast. I don't blame you, Michaela, for riding that to a title. Congrats. By the way, Shane, thanks for uh, the uh, presser information on Fangio. We saw that at 519. Thanks, buddy. Um, Okay, where are we at? Let's see here. We're at 55 minutes. We got a rapid fire. Mr. Grape, another newer name. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said that tonight. Phenomenal. We love seeing that. Griffith deserves to be on the uh, roster next year. Yes, he does. I mean, you've seen enough from him. Kenny Young, of course, what is this, the third straight game he's missed, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, third straight game. Still an intriguing guy. If you can get him back on a team-friendly one-year deal, do it. But Griffith, man, Jonas, you team him up with Baron Browning and you give him a a full offseason and a training camp to kind of work together, very intriguing. Nunzi, thank you, bro. Wow. And we got this one from Nunzi earlier. Two two from Nunzi. Love you, bro. Love you, big dog. Um, it does need to be an offensive-minded coach. Um, Dan Quinn is getting a lot of rumors, Zach, to Denver. I just don't think that's the best thing. You've gone head coach. You've gone defensive-minded in your last two hires. And yet you look at the trend in the NFL – and you look at who are the three guys that have actually brought you a ring back that coaching wise, two guys, two guys, pardon me, three rings, Shanahan, offensive guy, Kubiak, offensive guy. I rest my case. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing that scares me is that George Payton didn't pick Vic. He didn't pick Vance. This is his call completely, and he has no past history. And also, he knows Dan Quinn from their time back in Miami together. So there, it seems like he likes people with whom he has ties. He even brought over, uh, what was her name, Kelly Klein from Minnesota, the, the assistant or whatever she does for George Payton now. So it seems like he has loyalty to people. And that's what gives me pause about Dan Quinn, but... I would love it. Even if they hired him, Chad, I wouldn't hate it, honestly. It's not my preference, but at least he gets the most out of his players. He creates havoc, takeaways. He's what the Broncos need in terms of a, a shot of life, someone to hold them accountable, a high-energy kind of guy, a player-friendly scheme. Not my first choice, but better than Vic Fangio, once again. Once again, you'd have to nail that OC, because if you yeah. don't, you saw what happens to Dan Quinn as head coach without Kyle Shanahan. And you don't need to have one of the most innovative coordinators those guys are hard to find just not need, pat Shermer. <laughs> yeah i mean just find some it would have to be the right pairing uh for him to succeed in denver doug raquel eight more days until a real happy new year blessings mhh staff thank you buddy appreciate that yep hurry up and wait one more week we've gone this far right we can what's one more week simon way up in canada we got canada we got ireland we've got mexico we've got just MHH, Broncos country, worldwide, baby. He says, hello, MHH fam. That was a tough one. Watching a divisional rival stomp all over us is never fun. I like what I saw out of lock for the most part. I just wish it would turn into more points. Big part of that's your play calling, and I don't want to absolve Drew, because like I said, he needs to play better on the in the critical moments. You know, he's building a good case for himself, but it's by no means a bulletproof uh, case for that next coach or to George Payton. Because you want to see him do better on third down. You want to see him be more automatic in those situations. It's like, you know, Justin Herbert struggled a few times when they got some good field position today. But for the most part, you just assume they're going to score when they get down there, right? When it's third down and a reasonable distance, you just assume Herbert's going to get that. Why? Because he is a bona fide, competent franchise quarterback. You still aren't to a point, even though you've seen Drew play very solid, efficient, protect the ball, etc. You're still not to a point where you're just expecting conversion on third and five, like, you know, Peyton Manning or, you know, even Jake Plummer back in the day. So Drew still has some some rows left to hoe. But how cool would it be, Zach, to exercise the demon of all demons for Drew Locke and punctuate what has been a almost cursed crap year for him in Denver? with a win over Kansas City in the season finale. I'm not saying that to get anyone's hopes up, but could you imagine? That's if Vic doesn't play Teddy, <laughs> right. who might be healthy enough Good to point. play. And you know what? Vic Fangio, it's a big, he has nothing to lose. He doesn't really care anymore going out with a bang. Um, I agree with the comment. I wish he would have got more points, obviously converted more, but I'm going to throw out the excuses that the Teddy Bridgewater proponents would use. He was without Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy. He lost his left guard in Dalton Reisner, and Locke himself suffered a throwing shoulder injury, and yet he still did what he did today. Again, I'll say it for the fourth time because we're going to get confused, Chad, once more as these Locke fanboys, even though we're calling it right down the middle, he did not play overly great today. It, it wasn't anything spectacular. I'm not going to hitch my wagon to that performance. He's not the guy in Denver going forward. All that being said, it was one of his better games, and he continues to show progression and improvement despite being hamstrung by the aforementioned afflictions and also Pat Shermer. I give him some credit for gutting out that shoulder that bugged him last year after he got just 
obliterated by Bud Grant and the dirt. Lawrence Rivera, what's up, big dog? He says, it's just another losing season, and we can't beat division rivals in games. Peyton equals mid-level GM. That's John Elway's puppet. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I'll never have that. We'll never have that team. We need to make a Super Bowl run until we clean house, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen if Jeff Bezos teams up with Elway and Manning for owners. Bro. I feel you, dude. Like, hey, this Bro. isn't just a, a format, Zach, a platform for you and I to – Get the hormones out, exercise demons, and you know, let the emotions kind of run close to the surface, gut reaction. It's for the community too. And yeah. Lawrence is disappointed right now. So I'm not gonna take that away from you. I disagree with you on Peyton. I think uh Peyton is George Peyton, that is, you know, is uh a very, very good GM. But his how good he is, Zach, is ultimately gonna be decided in the final analysis down the road by who'd you hire to replace Vic and did you find a quarterback? Or did you, that coach you hired, turn the ship around for Drew Locke and turn him into that polished product that we mentioned earlier? I just think it's crazy that you, you want to dump on George Payton, but you want to bring in Jeff Bezos, of all people, to run the Broncos as the owner and run things from behind. Uh, someone said, Desert Creature, no Dr. Evil. Yeah, that's what Jeff Bezos would bring, uh, bring to the organization, that type of... Uh, ominous presence if there's one positive about the Broncos this season arguably it's George Payton what he's done in the roster building process at least let him pick one head coach and then judge him from that just one Jeremy Barker a new another newer name welcome big dog thank you he says the offense is horrible yeah it's being kind it's just and look last time you played the Chargers you ran the ball down their throats right you obliterated them uh where to, where was it today? Let's see. Real quick. Uh, Melvin, 10, 10 totes, 4.3 yards. That's relatively efficient. He had a relatively efficient game. Pookie, touchdown called back. Four, touchdown called back. Pookie, 14 totes, 30 yards. Could get nothing. Could get nothing edgewise. Total, let's see, 73, 83 rushing yards for a team barely averaging just north of 100 yards per game. I don't understand how those two guys can have the stats they do, Pookie and Melvin, right? It, the broadcast did a good job of illustrating this is the most dynamic rushing duo production-wise the Broncos have had since 05, the Mike Anderson-Tatum-Bell season, which you guys have heard us compare these two to that um, duo. Uh, it, I can't believe that they're still as poorly ranked in rushing as they are. Dennis Woods, and then I'm serving it over because we're about out of time. Came in late. Maybe you've hit this fourth and one. Go for it. Fourth and sixth. Go for it. Fourth and three, go for it. Fourth and half at the goal line, nah, better not try it. Shake my head. This is the same guy who who can't win a challenge to save his life. He doesn't know when to call timeouts. I mean, you leave Pat Shermer in charge, that's what happens, Chad. He, he's the head coach of the offense, and Fangio takes a complete backseat to that. They have no idea what they're doing. And there were so many times I saw Drew Locke on the field or the offense on the field, and they were visibly confused with the play clock running down. No one had any idea what was going on. I mentioned Melvin Gordon. They had an illegal formation. That's the reason they couldn't get a touchdown on the board because of that of all plays, of all infractions, I mean. And they couldn't overcome that one infraction. Once again, they're not good enough to overcome five yards. So it doesn't make sense, but nothing makes sense, but it's not our problem in eight more days. Eight more days, baby. By the way, Mike, I don't know what you're talking about thrown out of the chat. I seriously don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Michael Roche, and thank you for the super chat. Uh, both mics. This mic says, hopefully only one more week dealing with the shermering. <laughs> 
I like that. LOL. It's like, remember that terrible M. Night Shyamalan movie with Mark Wahlberg called The Happening? Yeah. And it just wasn't good. That's what, if they it was the wind, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like some like evil wind. If they were to make a movie of the 2021 Broncos, which, you know, ain't going to happen, but if they did, they could indeed, Michael, call it the Shermering. (laughs) 2021 Broncos in image form is Antonio Brown giving the peace sign to Jets fans (laughs) on his way out of the stadium. I realized what I wanted to say on the previous comment, though, about Pat Shermer speaking of that. The running game has kind of taken a downturn. Have you noticed? We always talk about the passing offense, Chad, and this and that. The rushing offense, how uncreative it is. It's just up the middle. Every play, both running backs. There's no tosses. There's no pitches. There's no pulls. There's nothing. It's right up the middle every time. He He's... Inside zone, left or right, go. Ooh, That's it. Bad. Uh, 727 Mill, what's up, big dog? He says, well, just waiting on the news that the coaches are fired. Yeah, I mean, you don't rule anything out. It's the NFL. I would be surprised if anything like that were to happen between now and, and, and next Monday. I mean, now and next Sunday, the game itself. The Broncos don't really have anything to gain from firing Vic right now other than kind of placating fans, and maybe that's worth something to them, right, after this point. But I think because they've waited this long, guys, I don't think they're going to move off that. But Vic Fangio is going to get fired. You, I mean, it's happening. It, Lawrence Rivera, Zach, go ahead. Real quick, as long as Peyton fires Fangio, the fans will be placated, whether it's tomorrow or whether it's Black Monday. That's what the fans want. That's what the fans are going to get. Lawrence says, we need to go out and get Rodgers and keep Locke as his backup to learn behind him. I think that's the only thing we messed up on when we went out and got Manning. We didn't keep Tebow to learn. Well, I understand that, but I just don't think – I think he would have reached the point of diminishing returns pretty quickly. Tim Tebow in a Peyton offense, I mean, he couldn't even run a Kyle Orton offense. And I don't say that to clown on Tim. I'm I'm a Tim Tebow – as a guy, I'm a fan. I think he was cool, and I think he gets clowned on too much as an NFL quarterback, and his 2011 season is always going to be one of the most uh, iconic, even though it only resulted in a single solitary playoff win, no Super Bowl, iconic seasons in franchise history. I just don't know what that would have achieved for the Broncos. But you know what? You still got your cake and ate and, and was able to eat it too because the Broncos did go draft a young quarterback to groom behind Peyton in Brock Osweiler, and that was shaping up to pay dividends for him. In fact, you could argue you don't get to Super Bowl 50 right. if you don't draft Brock Osweiler in 2012. Didn't end up well in the final analysis post-Super Bowl 50, but it contributed to a ring. Isaiah, Zach, and then I'll serve it over. Spencer, and good to see you, buddy. Uh, Spencer, Deontay on returns. Please tell me why we signed this guy. He has done nothing this year for us. MHH fam, hashtag love what you guys do for us. And RIP Dan Reeves. Yeah. Yes, sir. Appreciate Spencer you. is a Fangio guy and he's a uh, Atomic Man guy. Enough said. So Fangio likes him. Made Pro Bowl alternate. Didn't make the Pro Bowl, but his first year here, he was Pro Bowl alternate for some inexplicable reason that I still don't understand because he didn't do crap except catch punts. No touchdowns. He didn't get his uh, touchdown return, Zach, as a, for this team till last year. Pretty sure he doesn't have one this year, right? Or am I misremembering? Last I year. I can't remember the last time they had a punt return touchdown. So it's it's been many moons. And by the way, Roberts, they said today three before he returned that one, three uh returns for a touchdown in his career, two of them that I can remember just over the last two, three years come against the Broncos. Brutal. I, I can make it even simpler. 
Deontay Spencer is a Tom McMahon guy, and Tom McMahon is a Vic Fangio guy. And that's the order go. of command, and, and that's how it is in, in the Broncos hierarchy right now, and that's the problem with most things. GMB in the house. Good to see you. Thank you. Drew played a Teddy B game, but he's being treated like he played a Nathan Peterman game. Well, who's treating him like that? We're, we've been insulated in this conversation with y'all, with the community. Um, is he getting some hate out there on social? I mean, quarterback's going to get pilloried when you lose by the margin the Broncos lost by today, 13-34. He's not going to, uh, you know, get a whole heck of a lot of praise, obviously. But uh, uh, Zach Miller, Fangio has lost the uh, more more games in three-year span than any other coach in Bronco history. Fangio is 1-10 versus the Raiders and Chiefs. Fire him now. That's true. He's got one win against the Raiders, and it came in Drew Locke's uh, rookie year. That's that's bleak, man. That's bleak. Should have been three wins against the Raiders, but his defense and his coaching are the reason why it's, it's that record. That's Coffee's for closers, and Broncos defense does not get coffee. Nope. Nope. No coffee for uh, you. I am supreme. Peyton will fix this. Buy to Fangio and company to let's go Broncos. I'm optimistic that he will. I'm awesome, optimistic. Uh, Jermaine says, we checked out five weeks ago. It kind of felt that way, right? Like, there's a few young guys, especially on the defensive side, that were balling out hard, like really trying, make it, trying to still make their bones in the league. But it feels like as a collective, you're absolutely right on that, Zach, that uh, they kind of checked out. But we said, what was it? I'm trying to remember which embarrassing game. I think it was the Raiders game, the first one, when you lost to the reeling Raiders. That, yep. that was the yep. locker room saying, Vic, what message must we send to you, George, that he has lost us? But this, this is case in point. It was that game, absolutely, and the Cleveland game. Losing to a shorthanded Browns team being captained by Case Keenum, your former starting quarterback, who beats you in prime time. Those two games were the death of the Broncos, and everything since then has been like post-mortem, you know, flickering. Tony John Davis win. Appreciate you, my friend. This was one of the most frustrating wasted years, all because Fangio is that self-centered. Eight days until this nightmare is over. Yes, sir. We got a really rapid fire. Dennis Woods, thank you for all you guys do. Great pods every time. Hope y'all have a happy new year. Happy new year to MHH family too. Thank you. Denver Broncos for life. MHH for you life. As well. You too, big dog. Jermaine, if Locke doesn't leave the game, he would have thrown for 300. Yeah, probably. He would have had a good chance. But can we now officially just – I mean, it was a small sample size, but I've been trying to tell you guys, Brett Rippon is not a thing. I mean, he got lucky by drawing the freaking Jets in his one career start. And uh, threw three picks in that game, and yeah, people were treating exactly. him like second exactly. coming of Gary Kubiak. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's more fitted to be a quarterback's coach than a backup quarterback in the NFL. Mile High Kid, thank goodness we have you guys. Best podcast channel. Thank you. Uh, you're a prince. Appreciate or princess. You. I don't know if you're a man or woman, but love you. Can't assume. The Aviator, Shane Daniels. If Peyton doesn't have a QB he loves in the draft next year, Play Drew Lock and go for a Q in 2023. Sell the farm then because 2023 draft class is going to be great. Yeah, that's the thing is a lot of different ducks have to kind of fall here to in a, in a specific row before we're going to really have a beat on Drew's future with this team. But he's under contract one more year, Zach. He's the only Broncos current quarterback under contract for 2022. The other quarterbacks are uh, Brett's a uh, 
exclusive rights free agent and Teddy's an unrestricted free agent. So I don't know that you run it back with him as the understood starter, but you bring him back. You have nothing to lose. He's cost controlled. He knows the NFL. He he knows uh, starting experience. Bring him back for one more year, even as a backup. Could do worse. Tony D.A. Dub, that legend where this game happened right in his backyard. And it was really cool. We got to meet Tony also briefly at the meet and greet back in week three, uh, but it was cool nonetheless. He's, and Better thank times. you for that very generous super. He says, straight up embarrassing. I'm here at the game and never seen Chargers fans act up like this. Worse, this is they – worse, this – they have every right to have a gen- – they have every right to. They have a generational franchise queue, and we have Fangio, Shermer, and Trash. Love my Broncos, but change is coming soon. Yeah, that would be a tough one, dude, if they were trying to step to you a little bit and, you know – beat the chest we just yeah that'd be tough bro but hey i'm glad you didn't have to travel the fruited plane this time to watch your broncos because i know you make i'm pretty sure you make all the home games right if i remember in our conversation so you got you got a nice little away t- uh, game today even though it didn't go our way i'm just confused i didn't know the chargers have fans i didn't think that was a thing so thank you for bringing that to my attention jermaine can we now say joe joe burrow is a goat uh, I don't know about that, but he looks like the real deal. You know, go go do something. Go, uh, but this was his first full season as the the guy, right? Without injury, and golly, if I was a Bengals fan, I'd be I'd be fit to be tied. I mean, he looks like everything you could have hoped for, and he was a guy, Zach, that you know I was a little bit skeptical about because I'm one of those guys that's like beware of the one year wonder quarterbacks that. You know, go go high in the in the NFL draft after one good year. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, another guy like that, but he's definitely uh, earned my respect. I don't really have any doubts about Burrow anymore. Does goat mean franchise quarterback? Because yeah, he he's that. I don't know about greatest of all time though. He has a ways to go. But they caught so much crap the Bengals did for drafting Chase and not uh, Penny Sewell. It's working out pretty well. Seems like. Coaching. So far, so good. Andrew Baker, time for our MVP, ladies and gentlemen. Your George Payton. Crowd goes wild. GP, GP, hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, let's hope, dude. Let's just hope he makes the right decisions, sequence of decisions in the coming uh, months. The Duchess, Fangio, when he said death by inches, he meant he'll be giving us death by a thousand cuts. Oh, man. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's so ironic, Zach, that that was his catchphrase. And you look back on it now, and it's like say, just... They lose every game by inches, and he preached no death by inches in his first... Pre- where he also criticized Von Miller. So that was the red flag, too, there. Dave Glassman, you're a prince. Don't worry, uh, with all the holidays and stuff, Broncos Book Club returning next week. Lock it in for sure, Saturday. All right. Um, Claude, go Broncos. That sucked either way. It was more exciting than watching Teddy. That's for sure. That's for that gum sure. All the best to Teddy. I got nothing but love and respect for Teddy Bridgewater. And this is true. I really do. But uh, his time in Denver was as forgettable as it comes. And with that, Zach, we got to say goodbye to everybody. We got to yeah, bounce out. That's why it's an hour and 16 minutes. It flies by. Oh, it oh, felt like 16 thing. seconds. By the way, the winner on Facebook, the drawing, Joe Spade. I don't know if Joe's been in the chat tonight. So if you see him in the morning, Scott, make sure you let him know he was the winner tonight. He's got a jersey. 
Congrats, Joe. Very well-deserved. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. This was the Gut Reaction Huddle Up podcast after the Broncos' Week 17 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll have more tomorrow on the Aftermath episode of the Huddle Up Pod. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, rumors, analysis, Black Monday information, transactions, and more at Mile I Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you haven't, go to huddleuppod.com right now, this second, and get yourself a hoodie like Chad's wearing, trucker hat, get yourself a beanie, coffee cup right there at huddleuppod.com, your one-stop MHH shop, and facebook.com slash huddle. Uh, Chad mentioned Broncos Book Club. That's every weekend. We have uh, Trickle Zone with Eric Trickle. We have Kelberman's Corner with yours truly each and every week. Five bucks a month, worth every penny you have, my guarantee. And Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be a hoodie, could be a shirt, could be a hat each and every month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video. And every video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Shout out to Facebook, our super supporters over there today. Here's how you finished. And, yes, we have a new goal we kicked off uh, today. 250,000 stars in January, dishing out another jersey to a raffled winner. And we're, after this month, we'll we'll come to you guys and figure out, do you want us to keep doing this jersey giveaways? Is there something else we want to kind of compete for? You tell, you tell us. But for now, in the month of January, it's another Broncos jersey of the winners choosing. The early lead, it's Shane Daniels, followed by Jermaine, uh, Doug Raquel, Andrew Baker, Miguel Santistevan, Mike, Stone, Lawrence, Colby, DeAngelis, Claude, George, Charlie, and Dave Glassman. Much love and respect to each and every one of you, and we will see you tomorrow night, as Zach mentioned, for the aftermath. Keep your chin up. Keep a stiff upper lip. This too shall pass, and it shall pass in one week's time. It's going to be fun to see. Eight days. Hang in there, guys. Eight days. We're almost there. The light is at the end of the tunnel. Chad and I can see it. We're going to put your eyes right on it. You can see it as well. Thank you guys for tuning with us tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Ooh, we got a last Josh, what's up? Super from Josh. $5 super. Thank you so much, Josh. He asked, can we all agree now that the Joseph Fangio era of Broncos football is the dark times now? The McDummy was bad, but the stretch is killing me. What say you? I agree. Yeah, it's worse than, I mean, there were some embarrassments in that period going starting six and zero under McDaniels and then just crapping the bed and then getting busted cheating and all that stuff. Like it was bad, but this is worse because it's been sustained. It's been six years of ineptitude. So, well, you know, what came after the dark ages, Chad, that was the Renaissance era. And that's what the Broncos are entering soon enough. Eight days, the Renaissance era. I promise you that guys, we'll be back tomorrow night to break it down more for you. Take care. And as always go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.